0: Welcome to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. Here you will find discussion on all things EMDR from emdr approved trainers and consultants as well as some co-hosts. EMDR is an approach to the entire therapeutic journey, not just reprocessing trauma. This podcast will feature discussion on the therapeutic relationship, understanding and using the original eight-phase protocol and what to do to bring deeper understanding to the why behind EMDR and what to do when you're stuck. This podcast is an invitation to connect and learn together about EMDR and the process of psychotherapy. We are glad that you're here.
1: Hello, everyone from Zoom. waving okay cool I'm
2: <laughs> yeah. not sure where to well, we,
1: we've got quite the setup here of things so uh we are very excited i'm very excited personally i know it's been a it's been a weird day but that's the whole like concept of this conversation i think it every, like, every day is a weird day yeah. <laughs> every day is a weird day it
0: feels like the perfect day to prime <laughs> in <know>. this conversation
1: though <laughs> no, really it's i like, know it really does perfect day. so i feel a bit like uh I've corralled you all for this conversation, which is... A little bit, but we're here willingly. Which is pretty cool. Like Even for leading up to this event, I was like, I'm going to plan an event that they have to go to so that I can have them in the same space. Corner us into a
3: conversation that you really want to have. Basically, yeah, yeah.
1: really. I'm here. Yes. And so for those that will be watching this after the fact and who are joining us now on Zoom, uh, this is a conversation that we've only touched on in person. And so we've never actually had it for the 90 minutes that we get to have it now. Right. Yeah. So I am like incredibly excited, but the point of this conversation is subjective business, the cost of creativity. And it came out of the idea that Ryan, you shared that as a business, we only get to do about 5% mm-hmm. of what we wanted mm-hmm. to do. Yes. And this morning we've had lots of conversation as we always are, Um, Just about how to let Beyond continue to do what Beyond is doing, which is creating resources for therapists, Mm -hmm. plain and simple, both in Mm -hmm. physical space, virtual space, and then resources that live past just when we're there talking. So that's recorded content, like the podcasts, the YouTube channel, which is super exciting. Um, But then also just any asynchronous material. Mm -hmm. So in the first part of the conversation, I'd love to just hear what you all have been feeling even in these past like six months or two, three years, however you want to, <laughs> however you want to <laughs> break it up, but how you all have been feeling um, about this work as we know it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'll just kind of play. I'll, I will answer also, but I'd love to make space for all of us to connect on that. Mm-hmm.
0: That feels like a really Like deep, like I'm feeling myself searching internally like Mm -hmm. for where the answer lies because it's such a felt experience that I haven't spent a lot of time like conceptualizing language around like, oh, this is exactly how I felt in that process. We've just been so busy living it that I haven't taken a lot of time to like think about my feelings or thoughts about it.
1: Yeah.
4: The evolution of relationship inside the context of what we've been doing is something that is really, really fascinating to me because mm. I, I am a podcast listener. And so I get to like cue in on some of the conversations that the three of you have. And so one that's popping up in my mind is you guys had a conversation in one of the podcasts about the boat ride in the night at the lake
2: Oh, and yeah. that yeah, night.
4: Right. Yeah. But you were there. I for. was there. Yeah. I wasn't in that podcast in that conversation, but it, it, it is it's these these little earmarks in the page of the book of these moments where the relationship um just has highlights mm. like things that i would mark and um some of them are sad and some of them are insanely exciting and some of them are challenging and some of them um are just like feel grinding mm-hmm. it, it, the relationship that is the four of us, um, to me, feels like just it, it maps onto a story like all relationships do, and they have these high points and low points and confusing points and these spots where it's like I see you but I can't feel you, and then other points it's like, geez, can I just have some space? <laughs> to grief, right? Like you know, like it has all. Of, it has I have this no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's this mix of all of just this experience of what it's wow. like to just be friends and be business partners and mm-hmm. be spouses and be mm-hmm. like all of the different things that we have mm-hmm. in this space.
3: Mm-hmm. I think in connection with that, the way that I've made sense of the emergence of the four of us is we are now um, like the forming, storming, norming.
1: Group formation, uh, Yeah, group like dynamics. that feels really
3: relevant <laughs> with a heavy dose of uh, sibling dynamics.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: feels very real as well. Um,
1: What's interesting about this, that idea to me of like the forming storming norming is how it doesn't, you don't stay in the norming <laughs> once you get there. Yeah. Because we're in a relationship for so long yeah. under so much like dynamic stress and beauty and tears and terror, you go back to forming. Maybe,
3: maybe, (laughs) except I think what I am trying to integrate is that norming for us is learning to just be in that state constantly. Mm. That like norming has not turned into any kind of sensation of, ah, familiarity, settledness, consistency. It's more like the emergence of realizing that our norming is getting used to chaos and learning to kind of hold on to each other <laughs> yeah. so that we can ride out those storms and still have some, some experience of foundation
2: mm-hmm.
3: in the midst of it. Um, the other thing, like when you initially asked the question, I remember, I don't even remember when it was, Jen, maybe it was at like the beginning of the year when I broached this idea, we never did it, which maybe we should have, of, <laughs> putting up something physical and tangible on a wall to represent what has happened in the last couple of years and yeah. um, like pictures mm-hmm. of the podcasts that we've done and the, the people that have joined mm-hmm. our team and the spaces that we've been in. Right. Because I think there's a part of me that is searching for some kind of method of embodied integration mm-hmm. and just kind of coming up with a, I have no idea how to integrate. <laughs> yeah. Any of this <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes <laughs> how to like make it feel real and and true and yeah, I don't know. It feels like a mirage yeah. in a
1: lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And not just in the now or looking back over the two or three years that this momentum has really been available for people to join, but moving forward as well. Mm-hmm. like the permanency is something that we've all kind of been processing together that this is a, a movement that's begun and that we're just tapping into, of course, but that beyond will be a part of for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. And so that means that we're not just organizing two or three years of story. We're, right. we're setting up a framework to keep track of decades of work. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
3: And hoping to find some kind of foundation so that that feels more manageable. Like I remember us having a lot of conversations with this feel sometimes explicitly, sometimes less explicitly okay, we just have to push really hard in this way for a little while. And then we'll get to somewhere where we can quit pushing so hard. <laughs> Do you guys remember this? Like, I'm not uh, the only no. one. Like, no, you don't remember? I've never I'm pretty that. sure I've we said never it said last <laughs> week and a month ago and a year ago. And, yeah. I mean, most recently you guys like imagine, like, could we work remotely? Like, what would that look like? That, you know, th- this desire to mm. um, have some sense of, spaciousness in the way that we work juxtaposed with just the tremendous passion and desire to keep doing more
2: yeah.
3: and how much tension we feel in like both of those desires yeah. to have a so spacious much. lifestyle that's really honoring to our humanity but also that we're all workaholics and that seems to always win <laughs> at least in my observations that seems to always win yeah. for all of us
1: you said something that I, I want to make a lot of space for today, which is that we struggle with this tension of, I want to do like infinitely more.
2: Mm-hmm. And yet
1: I feel like I can't. It's
0: like the worst feeling. Yeah. I hate it.
1: Why do you hate it?
0: And the next thing what I hate more than that is not that I can't, it's that there's a whole nother part of me that actually doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. So the tension between those two, like, as you were describing, there's this one part of me that is so happy with what we have Mm -hmm. just in its current form right now. And I want to like revel in that and enjoy that and have spaciousness in that plus all of the aspects of life that don't happen in this company. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other part of me that's like, I can't run fast enough. Like (laughs) like my energy is so big and I just want to sprint forever. Mm -hmm. And there's so many more things that, I want to do that are far away, and so I have to run even harder and faster.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that feeling of the tension of those two,
2: yeah,
0: is a huge struggle.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But
3: added to that, the tension of it's not just the four of us anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think feels so relevant. Like when it was just us, there was sort of this consensus of, "Well, oh, we can all decide to live a crazy lifestyle, and it's mm-hmm. just us paying the price and our babies," which is relevant, but and partners. <laughs> All of them are very relevant, <laughs> yes. Um, but I think I think that the addition of other humans and their mm-hmm. families and their lives and their experience of all of this really shifted what it meant to us to take care of what we've already created, mm-hmm. um, and really consider the price of adding something new. Like what has to be sacrificed yeah. um, if we pursue something yeah. new.
1: As like in the spirit of the title of this talk, like subjective business, I think just to put it explicitly and I'll see how you all feel about this, but our desire in growing is very much centered around making more space for the type of connection and creativity that has been there since the beginning. So one of the ways that I feel like we all kind of measure our growth efforts is in, does this decision an investment with money or with time or yeah. with resources of any kind, does it make more space for connection mm-hmm. and support? And so on paper, I think that that feels really clear, like, oh yeah, it's easy to, to measure. Um, but you know, just with Canvas, like our conversation this morning, Mm -hmm. like sometimes no, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. when on paper, it looks like it's going to make space for an infinite number of connections Mm -hmm. that can be supported and connected and, Mm -hmm. you know, able to be contacted for ongoing resource like delivery. Mm -hmm. Yes, but it actually ends up costing so much a strain on us that it takes away from our ability to even enjoy the spaces we're creating Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and Mm -hmm. have any longevity in their yeah. maintenance,
2: yeah.
1: what is that like?
0: Or, or it creates a tension and we'd have to do business in a different way. Mm-hmm. With different what priorities. Our is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like there's, and I think that's something we've set so intentional amongst the four of us mm-hmm. is that from the very beginning, everything is focused around connection relationship, mm-hmm. honoring our humanity, our subjectivity. Mm-hmm. And how do you grow when that's the center focus when it would be so much easier to say, let me just cut that part of me out and get really objective and Mm -hmm. like go towards objective gain and productivity. Maybe we could reach those things, but having to
2: honor what we've all valued Mm -hmm. since the beginning makes it difficult. Hmm.
4: There's so much of my training and Uh, just like so much of who I was before I showed up at beyond um, was so objectively focused. And I feel like I lean into those strategies and beyond has benefited greatly for the strategies that I brought to the table. But also there's that feeling of it. It's a, it's a very slippery slope when you get started down that, um, that hill because you can go way, way, way down.
2: Yeah. Like
4: you can, and there's avenues by which we can do that. And it, there's not like stop. There's not like gates that notify you when, when you're getting crossing. Close. the threshold. Yeah. You yeah. don't know where the threshold is till you take a moment to take a breath and then stop and look and realize like, Oh, I think we crossed the threshold with that decision or with that um, action. And it's, so just that process is confusing and yeah. challenging. And there's this constant decision of, do we risk this to achieve that? And is that what we're hoping to achieve? Is it in line with our mission and vision? Is it something that we actually desire? Which part of us desires it? Is it the part that wants to revel in how amazing this moment is? Or is it the part that's saying, I will sacrifice everything to achieve that? Yeah. And... Um, how do our parts, the four of us play off of each other? Mm -hmm. Because there are relationships that exist between parts of us amongst each other. Mm -hmm. That when those parts get together, it's like gasoline on a fire. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Mm -hmm. Or, or like sandpaper. Um, Yes. The the, the (laughs) sensation of like, well, we're used to things feeling really Mm -hmm. easeful, but then the more complicated things get, it's like, actually, we're also different human beings. I yeah. think in so many ways, it's obvious how we're similar. That part, I think, came easy. And to me, that's sort of the tracking of the, the forming storming bit. Mm. It's the forming was, oh my gosh, we're so similar, you guys. Like we're all workaholics we're all, you know, desirous of, you know, these, these certain ways of experiencing life, we have these goals and, you know, we're willing to work constantly. And like the- (laughs) That's coming
1: up a lot for you. (laughs) Well,
3: I mean, it's, it's just really relevant to me, like how our, our collective strategy has always been, well, we'll just work harder. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's- I'll do it. Yeah. Like that's just been it. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly it's like, there is an end to the utility of that strategy. Like it, you know, it can't, always be the answer I think
4: they call that retirement retirement oh, I'm kidding, I'm, kidding. Well,
3: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm assuming that that's happening in my that.
0: lifetime <laughs> so <laughs> it's either burnout or maybe association to retirement If it's done in that way yeah. yes we're hoping but, to find it <laughs> like, like where's yes. the loophole
3: maybe that's what we're looking for yeah. but Um, I think like the the forming part was discovering our commonalities and our like-mindedness in the pursuit of goals. Mm -hmm. And then the storming was the realization of, and yet we remain individually fully human in the pursuit of these things. Mm -hmm. And how do we practice what we preach and honoring that diversity and trying to celebrate each other's skills while also objectively fulfilling all of the responsibilities and tasks that we have created for ourselves. Like that tension of wanting to support each other in our humanness mixed with, yeah, but we still have to do these things, Mm -hmm. guys. Like that has been such a tremendous- The lights um, have
1: to stay on. We're still supporting other people. Yeah. It's not
3: just us anymore. And there really are so many hours in the day, Mm -hmm. even though I'm pretty sure we have found some wormholes at times, like that- um, that has been the the storming part of it. Not even that, like we're upset with each other, but just like actually discovering yeah. our human limitations. Yeah. That was unexpected.
2: Truly, yeah.
1: <laughs> what role does money play in subjective business?
3: I ignore it. Um, that's a fairly true statement. <laughs> I spend it and then ignore it, and then spend more and ignore more. So, thank you, Ryan. <laughs>
2: Think for a, a different strategies, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that,
3: that, that we don't have only that strategy amongst the collective of us, <laughs> yes, yes.
2: Yeah,
4: I think that the, the uh, what I didn't know when getting started with Beyond is that we were starting three businesses, not one business, mm-hmm. and they live under an umbrella of Beyond Healing. Um, and they are today Beyond Healing Center, Beyond Healing Institute, and think Beyond Healing. And we have conceptualized this like separation of those three entities, but we have yet to really implement like an honest honoring of the three of those.
1: In so many ways, they don't function separately.
3: Well, because they kind of can't yet. They're still
0: interdependent. They have the workload. Well, that's for individual businesses.
1: Right. If we employees and (laughs) yes.
0: There's a need for resource allocation.
4: Right. Mm -hmm. And we, like just a perfect example because we saw notice that as an opportunity to say, hey, maybe some people would kind of want to come in here about somatic integration and processing. Maybe we could talk about somatic integration and processing on, on Notice the podcast. That. Yeah. Yes, genius. Love it. And it, it has connected us with so many people.
2: Mm-hmm. The
4: trouble with just like making that decision is that Beyond Healing Institute has never paid a dime to be to think Beyond Healing. <laughs>
3: Well, but Think Beyond didn't exist when all that was happening. Like the idea that but they were. Media pay. did. Well, that's true. Yeah. Another,
1: Another example? <laughs> yes. Uh, Trauma informed care. Yeah. Uh, did yes. you and I get paid for that?
0: I mean, no. <laughs> the same amount of money we would have got paid for. Are we getting so paid for this? No. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, we're so not getting
0: paid for this. The answer
4: no. in that is that either BHI or BHC paid the two of you. Yes. To be able to do that. Yes.
0: Like it's like a random business just came and paid us to do that. I know it's not actually that random, but
1: well, really it's like a random business came and demanded that video be made.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Beyond Healing Center doesn't have any connection.
2: A-tick. No, that's what like the best. random business. In the development
0: of that, we're saying like, yeah. oh, they're gonna pay our salary to do that. Yes. Yeah,
1: the random business came and said, I need a video to be made. And then BHC just like raised their hand and said, I'll, I'll pay, pay for, for
2: it. Yes. <laughs> I'll pay that, for it. And then, then Beyond the Institute said,
1: I'll provide the the brain trust, I'll provide mm, the, 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 the like, talent. Yeah. The talent. I'll I'll even pay for the video to be recorded mm-hmm. and edited. And I think Beyond was like, good, that's what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Absurd.
2: Oh,
3: speaking of a subjective encounter, someone's phone is going up. It is. Yeah. You just close is it.
2: Laptop is laptop? <laughs> is it me?
1: I think it is it's me.
4: And my iPad and my phone and oh. my computer. Uh, Everything like, is ridiculous. I really should just take
1: a second to turn off all of
4: those no, notifications.
0: Okay. <laughs> the few okay. times you take to like silence all three oh of my them. my <laughs> I'd silence
1: my phone because we were having a recording. Yes, <laughs> it's a good call. <laughs> yes, but you know when we have these, <laughs> it's just so strange to to mm-hmm. do subjective business, and that's one reason I'm really thankful for this conversation today because. There are platforms that are set up like Patreon. We mm-hmm. don't use the way that creators use Patreon, and I think it's this strange thing of us like not wanting to ask people for money um, because that's not what this is about. But. <laughs> I was just. what You're I was going to say, say is I feel right. like, how, like are,
3: what, I realized what was going to come out of my mouth, and then I edited, and then you called me out on it because I was so overt. Which story of my life? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is, our entire business model, I think, is built on avoiding asking people for money.
1: <laughs> our <laughs> like, entire business model, like, except for fair services delivered, like yes. therapy. Well, that's and a and that's, and a, and different, and that's and a different that's a different thing. Trainers, All yeah. really,
0: I mean, we could separate that out by saying Beyond Healing Center we will ask for money because we provide a direct service. Beyond Healing Institute has been created on a lot of how do we work for free, right? And how do we do more of that? How do we work for free more and more and more? more.
1: Entirely for free. Entirely for free.
3: Well, and I think like part of it is the the whole idea was originated from that felt sense Mm -hmm. of well, this isn't a thing that makes money. This is a thing that we'll do because we want to. It's just it a passion is of love.
0: I know. It sounds hard yes. thing. Yes. It's like it's, that is the enjoyment of our work is getting to go and do like conversations like mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. talks and products that mm-hmm. we can just offer for free. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. so what's the problem? <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, I feel like we're just
3: reiterating what we already know, Bridger, which is we don't like to do that.
1: Right. But we have to do something. <laughs> yeah. Because like, that's the whole thing with this, because it's not just two years, which I feel like we had like a huge amount of momentum that made all this possible. But if we're wanting to do this in the long term, we need a different model.
2: Mm -hmm. I am open
3: to considering that.
1: (laughs) But it really does, like, it just, it just takes that. And I think the content that we create has value. And I know we all do. But I think Mm -hmm. it has such value that we can figure out ways to get more people on board with supporting it. Mm -hmm. And that brings up feelings in us. Yeah. We've talked like hours and hours about this, like charging people for membership to think beyond beyond. it's a collective. No, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. Mm -hmm.
3: An embodied collective. No.
1: Why? I feel it also, but that's <laughs> well, what I want to like. Then
3: you answer first. You said you yeah. were going to answer too.
1: I, yeah, I think for me, I, it's just so hard. It, it doesn't come down to like, I don't think it's worth anything. Mm-hmm. I said it perhaps more poignantly than I ever have this morning that it's actually invaluable yeah. and that's mm-hmm. why it's so hard to charge for it because you couldn't pay enough for the value that's actually in the content. Mm-hmm. So just don't worry about it. Like I'll figure <laughs> out how to like,
2: mm-hmm. how to
1: make it work other ways, but you know, we're producing what I believe and we're on track for producing what I believe to be industry-changing content.
3: Yeah. I think, I think what makes that me... That we're doing for free.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
3: yes. And I would like to keep doing a lot for free. But the thing that I think is shifting that makes it feel so true that our strategy has to change is because in order for us to keep doing what we want to do, we have to let go of the the more straightforward money-making activities. Um, you know, like for, yeah. for us to, you know, well, like we just got back from Florida, this beautiful, amazing training wouldn't have traded it for anything, but it did mean that we weren't here seeing clients
2: mm-hmm.
3: and it, like our caseloads have had to decrease significantly, you know, our ability mm-hmm. to be the the lead clinician for retreats has had to reduce not because we don't want to do those things, but because we can't give the kind of dedicated client care that clients yeah. deserve when we have all of these other babies that we're tending yeah. to and plates that we're spinning, it's not appropriate and we can't do both. And so necessarily we've had to let that go, but for years, we didn't have to worry about making money because we had a full caseload and that paid the bills.
1: And you only did it after that. What you could put into the podcast and put into. Yeah, and often,
3: you know, paid to do the podcast like that.
1: Yeah, put money into (laughs) it. Yeah, because
3: it was a hobby and it was a beautiful hobby, and there was never any resentment about paying for that. But as it grew, like that, the ability to do that disappeared. And then our ability to keep the full caseload, also pay the bills disappeared. And it's just continuing. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that are the number of hours in the day, the math doesn't work, and decisions have to be made.
4: To me, I think that it's really, really interesting to look at just like how work gets done here. Um, You know, and and I have the privilege seat to know exactly like how many (laughs) hours everybody gets paid and exactly how it all shakes out. But the fact of the matter is, is that the only person there's like really only two or three people in the entire organization who aren't also full time therapists doing all of this work. Yeah. I'm one, Angel's one, and then Jordan is one who does the show notes part-time mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. and Brooklyn our retreat yeah, coordinator. And Tyler and Tyler. Yeah. Um, but all of the other work that gets done is if it's not by the four of us, it's done by a okay. like a full-time therapist that does this as part-time work that
1: not we
3: Because we make fun. it's of not like you not. Know, but they still, want to. They yeah. desire to <laughs>
1: Is that a little whip thing? Yeah,
3: yeah, a tiny whip. That's the dishes we
1: get around
2: here.
4: (laughs) And I am so grateful for the work that they've done. But I want them, too, to, like, be able to be full-time therapists. Yes. And I think that the content that we're producing deserves to have full-time people to devote full-time time time to it.
1: Mm. And how do you make that? That's the whole (laughs) thing here. It's like, how do you get to that place? Because we don't. Right like in tradition, like music is my, is one of my backgrounds with this type of thing. You make, you either make a record because you want to and therefore you're paying for it Mm -hmm. or you make a record because the label pays you to do it because they think they can sell it. That's the same
3: thing with like writing books. Exactly.
1: Same thing with like, that's the model of the West Mm -hmm. and how you sell and find supply and demand content. Mm -hmm. So we have all this content which (laughs) does have an immense amount of interest Mm -hmm. in its production but we've never switched models
2: mm-hmm.
1: to, never, to what, what we've well, never gone because well, that was to? that was the you guys started the podcast because you wanted to and you put a bunch of money into it we really started beyond because we wanted to and mm-hmm. we put a bunch of money but well, do
3: you know it. why beyond started as a center because i wanted to hire you
1: well, there you go. That was
3: entirely subjective. It's like, well, we need, we need a reason to keep Bridger around. He's going to, he's going to have to get another job Yeah. if we don't figure out. I how told to you have... I would have
1: stayed painting houses.
3: Well, and you did for a while. <laughs> really good you painter. absolutely did. Still are. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. You don't pay very much, <laughs> but we've never switched models. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, we've never gone to the other side to say, well, we have the ability to produce amazing content. And so we're going to let a, um, studio or a business or a seller or a marketer come and advocate for us to do that mm-hmm. pay us and then
0: sell the product. We've had offers like that, that we have like no that we sneered <laughs> at. <Yeah>. And <laughs> I a still lot of attitude.
3: Them, well, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: 100%. <laughs> in a really loving
3: way, because I <laughs> appreciate that there would be people that would be interested in buying I don't us, wanted, but I've
1: made, I've made things for sale before, and I don't want to do that ever again.
2: Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. What I want to do is get paid to make things for free. Which is through donation. Yeah. The model does exist. We okay. just don't like it. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing.
0: Keep, keep I going. like it keep better going. than the for sale thing.
1: You have you, Miss Jen, uh, have out of all of us, come at me. <laughs> no, but with, I like, teeth and daggers,
0: like, <laughs> saying
1: no, like no yucky salesman. Mean. Get away from it's,
0: me! It. Yes, yucky salesman. Get away. I would love to get paid to make things for free, but not. I don't want to make things for for free or for a cost, and then have to get the yucky sleazy salesman sleazy. Mentality, <laughs> mentality to have payment for it. I want to genuinely from my heart create it because I want to create it and then people desire to consume it and pay for it somehow, not because I have to convince them to. That's the part that feels gross. It's like sales to me, I don't want to have to convince Show them the value
1: and then see if they like it. Maybe they'll be disappointed, but we're happy because we got paid. Right. And I I don't think any
4: of us
2: want that. No,
4: (laughs) but but the, the the intention matters. And it can and because the words can be the same, right? Wow. Like this happens to me all the time. I say the words that could have, the positive, intention.
0: Yes. Could have
4: the positive intention behind it, but may not. Yes. And then the felt sense isn't there. No. Right. So it's how I
0: feel you like both can do it.
1: All three of you <laughs> can do it. Oh, and you're just completely blameless. No, I can't do she it. She just won't do it. I'm it. I
3: think that, well, actually maybe <laughs> I you here it. With people because, like because <laughs> you tried to do it at this last training and I literally patted your shoulder in condescension, which I apologize you know for. <laughs>
0: that wasn't because it was only free. It was only,
3: you could only muster the, the oomph to do it when it was a free thing. Anyway. And it was, then it was, it was like, <laughs> <to school. Yeah. laughs> if you want to, I don't <laughs> I know. know, it's just something you consider. We have this free product, but if you don't want it, it's okay.
1: It's fine.
0: I'm not Sorry. saying my strategy is the right one by any no. means. I think if I was left to do it on my own and you guys were all like me, we would still be in a closet somewhere <laughs> recording. Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, we'd be in your sister's studio because that
0: was, three was that free. free. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So great. So
1: fair. Thank you. <laughs> oh, back to you.
4: <laughs> the intention matters and you can feel it. You can feel it in sales. You can feel it in business. You can feel it in relationship. You can feel it just sitting in a room. Um, but it's, <clears throat> we have collectively and out there in the community, there's so many virtual others that are whoever you're envisioning, whoever we are envisioning as the sleazy salesman, that the words can uh, you know, evoke those fears from other people. And we love our community, mm-hmm. period. The last thing we want to do is go and invite those virtual others in our community to show up yeah. and yeah. then get that projected on us because that is not
1: what we want. The, the opposite. opposite, yeah.
3: Well, and then conversely, is this really strange experience that I think we've all had where somebody really desires to contribute and be a part of the community by supporting us. Like financially, financially with real
1: resources. And
3: we, like, we don't actually have doors open we don't for have an avenue.
1: Zero. To like let. The,
0: Patreon. The Patreon came up with something. You want? I thought you were worth, like, you have a way now.
1: Oh, I'm trying my best. I know, you're doing great at
0: <laughs> taking care of And how travel. much have
3: we participated? <laughs> Zero. Yep, Zero. I think that's my point.
1: <laughs> you're participating
4: today.
3: <laughs> I am. We are.
1: And I'm yes. so grateful, yes. like internally yes. grateful. But, yes. but yeah, like we it. don't have those ways. And I want Beyond to grow into the stratosphere,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not because of what financial gain it would it would bring but because of the number of people it would make contact with yeah because what we have to offer is community grounded in amazing resources Mm -hmm. that we are diligently dedicated to continuing to refine Mm -hmm. yeah why not take it as far as it can Mm -hmm. go is how i genuinely feel
0: what i I know i've talked about mentioned this at one point before but like your example, like those exact words, not those exact, but I have felt that same thing from someone who actually inside has objective Mm -hmm. motivation. But part of sales is I don't let you in on what my truest motivation is. I present to you Mm -hmm. some type of bait that makes you want to engage. So even this context, there's a little bit of my skin crawling of like, I know where our hearts are, but the virtual other coming in Mm -hmm. of like, We could say whatever spiel we want and just be collecting all this money like so to me the most subjective way to honor that is we also do have objective gain desires like we want to get paid a salary that supports Mm -hmm. ourselves and our family and we want to pay all of our employees really well we want to go on and that are expensive like i feel like i have to have Mm -hmm. honesty in that piece of it too like my subjectivity is that I do want to do it for free, but I also don't want to do it for free. Otherwise I would just be doing it for free. Like no. I do want objective compensation for those things so that I can enjoy the other aspects of my life. The difference of to me too. is
1: that the type of compensation you're talking about is not correlated with gross revenue. Tell me what you mean. It's not one for one. You get paid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You, we mm-hmm. have right. a salary yeah. Yeah. that we all are equal in and have agreed to from the very beginning, that that yeah. will always be the case. Mm-hmm. We also agreed that that would not be directly correlated right. with revenue. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. The so perfect.
1: the difference between a salesman and what we're talking about is salesmen are commission based.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This type of sales is not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I can't pay Tyler what I want to pay Tyler.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: He's only doing 60% of the work that we want him to be doing, yeah. but he's actually putting in so much more time so much than that. Yeah. Same with Caleb, same mm. with Angel, same, mm. we have so many needs that we can't actually pay people to do. Yeah. And so we try to do them in our excess and it gets done whenever it can Mm -hmm. and sometimes it doesn't Mm -hmm. and that kills me because that takes away from the people that we can reach and the quality of the content that we can produce so i just wanted to make that distinction that the type of thing we're talking Mm -hmm. about is not correlated revenue Mm commission-based sales Mm -hmm.
4: if for some reason 23 revenue doubled over 22 revenue our salary wouldn't magically double right Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that's different Does that feel different to you?
0: No, that, well, that feels very true. And that's how I would want it to be. Like, Mm -hmm. we all talk a lot about the financial pieces. If we want our needs met, none of us are asking to have, like, excess. In fact, we're all kind of, like, maybe a little bit under the bar of what we would Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) desire. Doing the roles
1: that we do, we make. (laughs) We don't need to talk
3: about
2: that.
1: We make a lot less than (laughs) other people in this area. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I make half of somebody doing a very equivalent role. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like I believe my needs are well taken care of. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't feel good that I can't then with that say, let's go nuts with creativity. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm
4: -hmm. Because I I feel like YouTube is an excellent example. And I have, I'm just like over the moon about yeah. what we have on YouTube today. Um, that that uh, intro video is like, I, I personally account for at least 20 of those
2: videos. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then every moment that I've had in the last two weeks, <laughs> I'm either watching it or I'm promoting it, or I'm like dreaming of ways to continue to perpetually get it out there. But then on this, at the same time, we're having conversations of like, how are, how are we gonna find time and or money and resources to continue to put videos out?
0: Yeah, I wanna make another one, so bad.
4: I because gotta make the
2: next one. The reality is
4: I, I wanted to see exactly what we had. Actually, I couldn't even conceptualize what we have. It's so freaking amazing. Mm-hmm from the work that our team has done. Um,
1: In their own blood and sweat. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like 100%.
4: Like Tyler just being there recording burnout educator to, move, to set up and move the camera back and forth and then do all of the editing.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Like To have people that we work with like that
1: is just. Yeah. For Caleb to almost mm-hmm. single-handedly, yeah. I know he's gonna feel uncomfortable by me saying that with drew and tyler for sure but almost single-handedly putting together youtube and getting it off the ground on time yeah
2: and having all of
1: this like i was watching him put together the hashtags for videos the Mm -hmm. other day and he was just there like going back and forth to search engine optimization like tools and seeing which (laughs) tag worked better and adding this like list of i mean there must have been 60 different Mm -hmm, hashtags on there That we i don't even know what they say like (laughs) but they're all intended to help people find that resource Mm yeah when they search on youtube yeah he didn't get paid for that no he didn't yeah
3: i feel like it's so hard to find a way that feels really genuine to communicate like how much it feels true to us that like we really just want people to have access to all of this Mm -hmm. um because it it is sales in the sense that I, I have created this thing and I want you to have
1: it. And I it want needs, you to want it needs money to have it. Go.
3: Yeah. And, but the, like the heart behind it and the desire behind it has never been, and there's no felt sense of so that we can grow our profit. Um, in fact, when we end up with profit on something, I think, unilaterally it's turned into where can we invest that to now have a something else to offer, mm-hmm. um,
2: build the business.
3: Yeah. yeah. And I like that, that feels so true and yet also feels a bit constricting in how much we're dedicated to that because it's really hard to feel authentic and sharing with people how true that is for us. Yeah. And, and I hope that they sense that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this is like this whole time right now was my best attempt at trying to make a space where it could be communicated yeah like i don't know how else to do it yeah like without like personally calling them on the phone setting up a coffee date, and like listen like <laughs> please yes i'll pay for your coffee please yeah. like sit down <laughs> yes. and like let yeah. me talk to you there's this. like
0: there's so much in me like speaking
3: of virtual others and ghosts from the past like i grew up in a lifestyle where you ask people to give you money to mm-hmm. fund your life Right, and mm-hmm. there's so much about this that feels similar to that. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. minus I don't think that we're a cult, and I don't think that we're you know um,
1: religious conversion. Is yeah, not yeah, religion, we're
3: not yeah. actually trying to uh, tell people that they might go to hell. Like that's you know not on the table. Zero so, percent. No, but there there is still a lot about it that feels really similar to that, and. Mm-hmm like there's so much that I wanted to leave behind. And yet here again, I find myself mm-hmm. living a life where I'm telling people about something that I'm so passionate about and wanting them to quite literally buy in.
1: Get involved. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah.
3: and uh, you know, for for their gain and benefit and their desire, I think the main difference that feels really important is that if it doesn't feel beneficial to them, I feel totally okay with that. You know, I don't want to convince someone Mm -hmm. to buy into something that doesn't feel truly resonant for them, but yeah, like I don't know how to bridge that gap in myself of that is what I'm doing. It is a kind of evangelism. It's just a, the heart behind it is totally different Mm -hmm. than it used to be. Yeah.
4: And the content that i know that we can put out there in platforms like tiktok and instagram and youtube like the the reach in those spaces compared to what and there is good content out there yeah there's a lot of like just not not so great
3: i know it's so funny to me is like collectively we disdain social media so much that we like found our own social media
2: so that yeah, we will not have to participate <laughs> in the
3: mainstream social media experience because it just feels so we'll do it. hard
1: right. <laughs> yeah but the content yes mm-hmm. I, I am
4: with you Yeah, like your intro to Soma Psyche video has 285 views in three days
3: it's because Caleb and I are real pretty I'm sure
2: that's it <laughs>
4: A couple of Facebook <laughs> posts, and just like, a, yeah, Caleb, let your hair down, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: And the thousands of downloads on the podcast. And I just, that the part, like to connect back to the 5%, I just, and I know that I'm biased, and I know that I'm the only person who's not a therapist in the room, but like sitting in SIP training, I, I don't have the lens that like folk hyper focuses this on the therapy room. I sit in the SIP training and I just apply it to my life yeah. and, I, and I see it everywhere. And I feel that literally every human can benefit from the content that we're producing.
1: I've had multiple conversations this past week from people that took the floor to training that like literally every person needs this content.
4: My life is drastically changed as a result of instead jumping in with the three of you. Yeah.
3: Well, I think what's so weird is that like that reality was sort of emergent and co-discovered by us first, just being in relationship with each other and like learning it together. And so there's such a desire that other people get to experience it that same way, Mm -hmm. that it's not just like here, consume this product and your life will be changed. It's more like, no, have relationship with other humans that live this way, that understand relationship this way, that care about you this way, Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, want to be in community with this understanding of what community can do and really be, because that's how we all learned it. You know, I think that the very first truly intersubjective conversation that the four of us had was on the boat Mm -hmm. instigated by you
2: Mm -hmm,
3: with the help of that little card game thing that you brought. (laughs) I would love to get that out. (laughs) And, but then With that invitation, we all said yes, Yeah, Mm -hmm. and we all desired it together and sort of discovered how powerful it is. And so the idea of the products and the trainings being decontextualized outside of community just doesn't make sense. It
1: won't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: But that necessitates deep engagement from us yes you know okay. it's not like we can just write the thing and say goodbye to it and send it out there in the world it's like no work. i want this... to parent it you know yes. we've been using this parenting analogy the difference between creating a baby that's fun versus you now have the baby and you're mothering it or fathering it forever like that is a totally mm-hmm. different thing and none of us feel okay about like relinquishing the parenting of these products and these ideas yeah because we want to be in relationship they're So important them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah, yeah. Um, of course yeah, you can. I think that conversation about raising a baby. Um, there's some stuff in the chat. That's, it's interesting oh. that
4: we're even using like a medium that involves like no one is here with us.
2: Yeah. I think that's coming up in the chat of like, what is our expectation of others helping us raise the baby? Like, what do we as a company see so people mm-hmm. being involved? With Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. So what ways specifically can people get involved? You know, the Patreon really is a way that creators from all over the world Mm -hmm. do exactly what we're talking about Mm -hmm. doing. And it's purely donation based and you get, you know, different access points. And we truly want to be abundant with that resource, but because there's so few right now, Mm It, it feels like we just have to give it the second or third or fourth shift attention mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: of, yeah, I don't have enough to give to you, but mm-hmm. I can't, like my mental space is so like taken by these other things that I can't give you the time that you need. And you're deeply under-resourced and it's like you're a child that's just waiting for childcare that no one is showing up. Yeah, there's to.
3: some neglect. Deep neglect of
1: Think Beyond and all of these different therapists yeah. that are out there. Um, and just people in general. Mm -hmm. And so we made the associate producer and the executive producer role on Patreon so that you could seriously just do this, like support us in that way financially Mm -hmm. so that we can give people the resources they need to join us in this and actually work with us. Mm -hmm. There's also donation, like just one-time donation opportunities that if you're interested in that, there's that as well. Um, But then take this into community. Like, that is the biggest piece of it all. I don't care if you don't give a single dime mm-hmm. to anything, like, if you mm-hmm. never take a training, but talk about it with people, talk about relationships with people, talk about and use the Beyond Healing resources, the podcasts, the videos, mm-hmm. the YouTube. Like, use those things to go into homes and into businesses and into the bus, <laughs> like, and start <laughs> finding connection because our world is plagued with objectivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah and it's killing people and the environment, Mm -hmm. not that anyone is noticing. And so many things that are happening in our world right now Mm -hmm. are because of exploitation and objectivity. And I think beyond partly represents a hope that there could be a different way where we come together out of the resources that we all have Mm -hmm. and support this together. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. what do you all think of that question?
3: Well, it makes me like, like the whole internal process when you're saying that is that I get really emotional and I want to cry. And then I immediately say, nope, if I cry, that'll feel manipulative. So (sighs) like, I don't want to do that, but like,
2: so I do it anyway. But it's not manipulative. (laughs) Um, I think that says something itself that... (laughs) We're the boss is speechless, yeah. There were, and yes, and that we're
1: worried that by sharing our subjective nature, that it would feel like it was just mm-hmm. about being yeah. manipulative, yeah, and, and trying to get people to do something that
2: they wouldn't benefit greatly from, mm-hmm. yeah,
3: yeah, and uh, like because like we have the the space and the privilege and the luxury to. Sit with each other, but then so many different people at this point. Mm-hmm. And know that, like, it's actually changing people's lives.
1: And their practices, which yeah. means they're changing like, other people's lives. Like,
3: you know, yes. like I, you know, I'm pretty sure I cry at every training, and there's always this point where somebody makes a comment where they get it, you know, like yeah. they feel suddenly seen in their humanity and given permission. Like, uh, you know, at this last training in Florida it was laundry, and she's like, I feel so validated. And, you know, knowing the population that she works with and how objectified and terrified they are and how much help they deserve and need that she now has permission and validation and freedom and a community that's going to support her. And she All was one, way. you know, yes. she was one out of so many, like the ripple effect of that is just like, I can't wrap my head around that. Yes. Um, and that like, coupled with knowing what it's meant for me like Mm -hmm. as a human. And I think we've all had this experience. So I don't, it's hard for me to imagine what my personal life would be like without the constant invitation and safety Mm -hmm. to be fully subject. Like that's just bizarre to me, you know, like Mm -hmm. who would I be? I can imagine because I was in that objective role for so long and I felt what it was doing to my body, let alone, you know, my heart. And the fact that I don't have to be in that space anymore, Mm -hmm. Um, there's a profound <clears throat> urgency to invite people in because there is so much life available yeah. outside of the the object, uh, objective boxes that we've all been shoved into for so long. Um, and it just feels so antithetical to to have to work within an objective mm-hmm. reality, like money in order to do something that feels so <clears throat> subjectively rich and mm-hmm. free and potent. And it's just like this super jangly experience. And yet I understand why that must be. Um, but I never want to lose the heart behind the whole point for us.
1: Yes, I completely agree. And I've been doing the brainstorm with Bridger Mm -hmm. things on Wednesdays. And we've talked about this in that group before multiple times. And every time people are just like, you need to charge more for what you're doing and charge period for things that you're doing. And I don't know how to integrate that, like, mm-hmm. or what we're supposed to do with that. Um, for those on, on Zoom, we're getting ready to transition here in the next few minutes into just a kind of Q and A. So type your questions in and Caleb can uh, take that sure. and get us some questions. But last question for, for the four of us, what, what is it like to talk in this way publicly? And what do you want from this? Like, what do you hope people get out of it?
2: I
3: I think, like, the the number one thing for me is that people feel how human this experience is for us. That, you know, the the strangeness of being pedestalized um, is not our day-to-day reality nor is it an interest. Um, and being able to to share like this
2: mm-hmm.
3: is such a um, authentic expression of like, this is where we live every day. Yeah. You know, these are the conversations that the four of us are having. This is a heart at all. Every week. From. Yeah. Um, just constantly of trying to balance this and juggle the objective needs of this thing we've built together with our subjective and human heart behind it and trying to never lose sight of the heart of it um, is hard.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: totally worth it. No regrets. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: think for me, it
1: just that it would be so clear that this really is like, and to speaking for me personally, though I have a feeling it's everybody here, but that this is my life's work, like what we're doing here and that I just want it to help. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I just want it to be supportive to people and I want it to grow because it's supportive to people and that other people are finding connection in it and finding the comments that you made about like what Laundry found in it, like that it would just help people feel seen and valued and empowered to do the work that they were built to do.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Do with that what you will. Like we have all these ways now to get involved financially or with time or with just taking a podcast and sharing it with somebody, mm-hmm. but getting the invitation out there and helping people find it do with that what you will,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but that it would just be so clear the heart that this is all coming
2: from. Mm-hmm.
1: I showed up
4: to this group to uh, help with a little bit of accounting and some organization <laughs> and I really othered myself underneath the pedestal that I placed these two on. And it really was my, my mission to, to help push them up to be able to be seen by people at large. Because I know how great the two of you are. And there was a moment at the beginning when we started like seriously conceptualizing what this may become where I said, um, I, I don't feel like this is mine.
2: Mm, I remember and that.
4: you looked at me and
2: said, this is every bit yours as it is mine. And this moment right now
4: too, just the, the public nature that this is and including me is an insanely discomforting experience um, because of the way that I conceptualized what the three of you did compared to what I do. Yeah. And there's been infinitely many small dis- disconfirming experiences along the way. Um, but just knowing yeah, the public nature of this conversation, this is what we do. And this is exactly who we are at beyond, um, but it's not public facing. Yeah. And I feel incredibly valued and incredibly included. Um, but also I'm not, the front face.
2: Yeah. Um, and so to have this publicized mm-hmm. is very affirming to me. Mm-hmm. It feels right that people would know you. 100%. We talk about you all the That's time. That's like why the four like
1: we had to do this <laughs> conversation and I hope you, you don't know is that I'm thinking about a series of these types of talks, but oh
3: between two ferns that's
1: right <laughs> <laughs> therapist edition <laughs> and you know all of us oh, yeah.
0: that aren't therapists but you saying that I had this just moment of like reality and I think integration really I didn't think twice about you being here mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. not being normal
2: mm-hmm.
0: to you or to uh-huh. like you say I'm like oh wait a second what maybe there's gonna be people watching who've like heard about Ryan but mm-hmm. never like seen you or like yeah, heard yeah. your voice or so that's really like blowing to me. But what it made me realize is that I feel the exact same in this conversation that's just the four of us. as I do in the conversations when we're like on the podcast being listened to by 10,000 people. Like, and it really just feels like this confirming moment of we really are showing up as our authentic selves in every facet of what we do Yes. and really putting our most subjective part mm-hmm. forward to engage mm-hmm. in this large community and the hundreds of people on the Mighty Networks and the thousands of people on the podcasts and down to the one-on-one in a session mm-hmm. like we're showing up with a subjective mm-hmm. self because this moment just felt like well this is just the four of us like mm-hmm. this is what we do this is how we talk this is how we live our personal lives and our work lives. Mm-hmm. There's not a division in those and that like I, I've known that, but to reflect in that moment just feels not really good to experience that. So it, it feels normal to talk like this for us. And yeah. it kind of feels normal that there's cameras because <laughs> we that's have to, the like past, all day yeah. long it's yeah. consultation with cameras. Yeah. yeah. So that's just Pretty partner, but... normal. Yeah. yeah. This feels
3: very much like one of our normal business meetings. I know. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's what I wanted. <laughs> uh, is there any other sentiments that feel like they need to be said? Or
2: things you, you've been processing? You would ask
0: the what do we hope comes from it. Yeah. I think everyone's seeing a glimpse into that and, and seeing just the subjectivity that is here. Mm-hmm. Like feeling the authenticity of us yeah. in that way is mm-hmm. a desire of mine and then to queue up a platform to say now where do we go
2: mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm.
0: how do we kind of alleviate some of the tensions that we feel of i don't want to change the way we're doing it and how we feel doing it
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
4: Mm. i desire so badly to stop <laughs> robbing peter to pay paul
2: Yeah. I was
1: just thinking about that. Like right now, every piece of creative content that comes out of beyond is paid for by the center and by the Institute. 100%. Yeah. That means Tyler. That means Mm -hmm. all of our content editors. That means every piece of our camera gear, (laughs) so much expensive camera gear and audio, all of the time that the hosts of the podcast spent on it. All of that is paid for from not
4: yeah. Yeah. And I, I so desperately desire to pay the people that are working to help produce this in a way that feels congruent with the way that I feel about the work that they're doing and who they are and their yeah. subjectivity showing up there too. Yeah. Because um, I feel ashamed in some of the payment structures that we operate as a company. I don't know a solution for it. I don't know where to go to change it.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And where there's just work being done,
1: thanks. I give hugs and fist bumps.
0: <laughs> you give really good
1: hugs. <laughs> <laughs> <A> meaningful <laughs> hugs. I love They're i love worth them. a lot. <laughs> yeah. I got one right before we started recording <laughs> Me too.
2: <laughs>
4: I know they mean a lot. But I sleep better at night when I know <laughs> I'm <pain. laughs> people what I feel like they're worth they're at, at a minimum, like 75% of what they could earn on the market, just like across the street.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Caleb, what's happening on the chat? Yeah. If I, if I, myself, will they, if I
4: like put my microphone on my computer, will they I get
1: feedback? They will get feedback.
4: Can you repeat then what I'm going to say? Yes. can you tell them that I'm telling you to repeat that?
1: Right. Caleb is going to repeat what he is <laughs> reading so that we can say it <laughs> to you all.
4: Um, one of the, and I may be speaking for people, but one of the felt senses is that we're talking about a lot of limitations. And people are saying, well, what are other ways that we could help mm-hmm. other
2: than just getting like, like, money? Started to pick up some of the weight of the limitations and just mm-hmm. getting your felt sense of like how you see that working and the potential there. And feeling like, I don't know, maybe your subjective feelings around the community saying we can help. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So Caleb gave a general kind of theme that there's questions about how else can people get involved other than with just donations yeah um and so what ways do we think Mm -hmm. we want them to get involved yeah um just the so the
4: conversations in a coffee shop practice like first of all like just like what we said before practice the subjectivity in spaces Mm. and just work on expanding that circle into spaces like one that i'm working on right now I objectify the heck out of whoever's checking me out, whether it's at a coffee shop or at the grocery store or whatever. And so I'm challenging myself to just like make a little eye contact with them,
2: mm-hmm. like
4: actually just be present. I, I'm so terrified that I'm going to feel what they're feeling and I just don't want any of that. Um, but it's not that big of a deal to just make some eye contact and like just be genuine. Like, I really hope you have a good day. Yeah. Thank and you. Yeah. Um, so just like for sure, there next, it's, utilize the avenues that you have to promote the things that you believe in. If there's something that you really resonate with, if it's a podcast episode, a YouTube video, um, a comment somewhere or a training, a quote from a (laughs) training or a training slide. If there's any, any of those pieces, like you have, you have a network that, um, has, and you have influence in that network. And so just promoting the things with a link, or a share of a video or a subscription, like
1: those are all avenues um, that are incredibly supportive yeah. to the way that we work. Yeah, mm-hmm. Share this with people that you think would be interested and supported by it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: I think the one that I would add that's similar, but is connecting us with like-minded humans. Cause you know, we're not the only
2: yeah.
3: people or, or the only company that's trying to find new ways of existing mm-hmm. in this very objectified world um, and the more that we can be in connection and collaboration together, um, it's, you know, rising tide, what, what is something raises all raises ships. All ships. like that's very much how it feels. And it's like one of the, the funnest things that we get to do to collaborate with people that have this, this same vision with their own unique
0: mm-hmm. perspective
3: and offerings. And so that kind of cross pollination feels so good. Uh, you know, I got an email this week of a, a musician um, and one of our uh, community members that's taken our trainings, it was a cousin of hers and she linked us up and it's like, Hey, you want to swap interviews? Absolutely. I do. That's and, amazing. You know, mm-hmm. So stuff like that, that, uh, yeah. you know, connects us with a, a global um, movement of trying to allow humans to be fully human mm-hmm. um, and more subjectivity and everything that we do, like that's profoundly helpful and we just really enjoy it also. Yeah. <laughs> was thinking the same
0: thing of just if they you all have resources or communities that we could share or speak with mm. and, and
1: learn from yeah like, yeah
0: collaborate mm. the other one is just taking a lead in the mighty networks young healing community like if you have a content topic that you are passionate and excited mm-hmm. about like start a group on there um, and invite people to come mm-hmm. be a part of that group because the development of community can't 100% be relied on our yeah. like time and what we have to give, but we want other leaders in beyond healing community to like take that leadership role and invite people and engage them and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of carry that same mentality if we want to invite and connect and give out to other people. So helping us do that, I think is a huge thing. Mm-hmm.
3: And along those same lines, I think, believing in your own wisdom,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, you yeah. know, the, the yeah. unique things that you have, um, you don't have to double check with us whether we approve of your wisdom, <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> share with the community that, you know, that you would trust your own intuition and your mm-hmm. own collaborations and conversations with each other that um, it, it doesn't all have to flow through us mm-hmm. and yeah. that, uh, you know we would be a part of and a leader in, but a leader amongst many leaders that, Mm -hmm. that, you know, each of us have our own particular wisdom to share. And it's so much richer when it's not just
1: a few voices Mm -hmm. speaking into the crowd. Yeah. For those listening on mighty networks, there's a button on the top right of your screen, whether it's on the desktop or the app that has a little person with a plus mark on it. And if you click that, you'll get your own link to share with people mm-hmm. to get them into contact with all of this. So at the very least, like share it with 10 people, share it with 20 mm-hmm. people, 30 people, 40 people, like get people into that community because real and meaningful conversations are happening yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's not just a place for Q and a, and it's not mm-hmm. just a place for like it, we've, we've agreed that it's not a marketing space. Like yeah. it's not about selling mm-hmm. products. It's about connecting people with content mm-hmm. that will help them feel supported and mm-hmm. buffer them from burnout, increase their effectiveness. Like all these things that we want, um, get people to that space. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And the other thing, you know, cause there's so many people out there in the community that are being asked to speak in their communities, being asked to be leaders in their communities. And knowing that we would want to support you in that. So whether it's, you know, offering some of our teaching materials, some of our slides, some of our pockets, whatever, if it feels supportive to you to kind of go out into your community and do something, Mm -hmm. we're probably going to say yes to that. Um, And maybe even come and do it with you if you want us to, because that's fun sometimes too. We've Um, gone
1: to different universities in the area. I've spoken with universities across the country just because it's about sharing resources. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. connecting. Yep. yep. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Those are some ideas. What else, Caleb?
2: Um, how, how does the group
4: feel about colluding with the strategy of the system, aka Ooh, in yep. order to build connections?
3: Who, nice. asked <laughs> Who asked that question?
1: Who asked that question? Really good.
2: Josh. Josh. <laughs> I I so, say you. it again. So how does the group feel about colluding with the strategy of the system in a big in
3: order to build connection and invite system change that's good yeah so mm-hmm. josh holland is asking how we collectively feel about colluding with the strategy of objectivity and money in an effort to shift the system to change the system yeah
1: so we are a for, a for-profit entity mm-hmm. so i feel like this very mechanism is at our core
2: mm-hmm. that we
1: are seeking to subvert the objectification of the system through its own strategies Mm-hmm. We use Patreon to pay people
2: mm-hmm. and we're
1: using these sources that are typically about making profit to actually just work more in this way
2: yeah. to do mm-hmm. things
1: for free. <laughs> and so it, in short, I feel terrible about it because it hurts so often, but I also, I, I mean, I could not imagine doing this work any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, It just adds to so much that we're able to do. I don't
0: know. Beyond Healing Center feels like a beautiful model of that. That doesn't feel, doesn't feel terrible to me where we charge, we don't take insurance. We have some opportunity for sliding scale, but for the most part, we charge a competitive rate in our community, all self-pay for clients but we pay our therapists a better percentage than they can get anywhere else. We offer more supportive services through
1: free trainings, like
0: double. Yeah. They get multiple trainings. They get double the amount of supervision that they would get anywhere else. They get community, they get Mm -hmm. free like yoga sessions. And like we just smother them with support and community and connection and also pay them Mm -hmm. better than they can get anywhere else in our community. And to me, that is like, we are colluding with like the mm-hmm. strategy of objective gain. And like, we've had to say that it's worth it to charge that high of a rate to other people in our community to be able to take care of the therapist in that way, because then they won't burn out. Yeah. Right. And then we can work against the system and they can see clients and mm-hmm. do good work and still take care of themselves and go live happy lives. Yeah. Like, I feel like we've figured out that balance mm-hmm. so beautifully with yeah. the Unhealing
3: Center. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think that along those same lines, um, being creative about what we do with the money and that it's never from this position of hoarding it,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, or keeping it, <laughs> uh, but really that constant reinvestment and still, you know, we give away way more than we charge for And I think that to me, there's this subversion through generosity that I love about the way that we operate that, you know, for everything that we charge for, there's probably two or three that you could just have for free or for negligible amounts of money. For instance, the podcast, you know, this is hours and hours of, you know, time, investment, et cetera, that will always be purely free. And so I think that um, collusion with the strategy, but then this creativity and generosity um,
0: but there's still that tension there, and I think that that's why we're having the conversation. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what feels so good about this conversation is it's airing the subjectivity behind the collusion of objectivity. Yeah,
2: like mm-hmm.
0: it's getting to say there are these like subjective beings like motivating that ship mm-hmm. that might have an objective body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which is so funny to me, like how much we
3: struggled with this, because I don't think that any of us have ever experienced someone being upset because they're being charged for something or upset about how much they're being charged for something. Like there's so much reactivity around something that has never actually yeah. happened.
1: know know beyond. Of. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. If anything, I've gotten the other.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Why would you That's take like- more? Yeah. As I reflect on it, I think there's a lot of virtual others of my past coming in of the assumptions on how they might think or yeah. feel right. or experience the cost of something. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably
3: true that we price our things based on virtual others more than reality. <laughs> yes,
0: I'm sure. It's, it's probably how all things get priced. Well. <laughs> Analyze that for a <laughs> How do determine value on something? I don't know it's totally it's subjective. Awesome. <laughs> it <is.
4: laughs> oh, yeah. That part of the conversation feels
2: very validating. <laughs> I feel like this is a good one to end the conversation
4: on, uh, given that we could probably talk for about five more hours.
2: Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is actually a very beginning. How do you make
4: sure that you aren't sucked into obligation to what you committed to with colleagues? How
2: Keep balance with your family slash commitments? Essentially, how do you say I'm out or I need rest? So the basic of that
1: question um, (laughs) Um, was how do you balance the commitment and expectation from colleagues and yourself and know when to say enough or I'm done for a while or I'm out? Mm Completely.
0: Our summer schedule is coming to my mind <clears throat> and how we've like navigated that as a company. Like, from what my experiences, Ryan and I have been gone a lot on like family oriented trips and vacations and doing things like that. And so, to me, the ability to do that because of our subjective relationships here, we didn't have to say, I'm out.
2: Mm -hmm. what we
0: did is come and say our hearts desire this experience with our family and
1: um, we made it work.
0: Yeah. And there's going to be a cost to the company in order to do that. Mm -hmm. And I remember a conversation you and I had on the phone and they said, like, I can see it, like an added expense that this has for you on it. And how do you feel in that? Not because you just want to say, sure, Jen, I just want you to be happy, but also like, what would you need to feel supported in that experience? And um, I think it's those types of conversations that make that possible, that if it's object to object, it's either I'm in and I'm doing it all because I committed to it or I'm out. If it's subject to subject, it's I'm evolving and I'm changing and my needs and my desires and my you know feelings on things are evolving and changing. And so if I can speak to those, And you guys can come in and say, yes, we support. But also, like, here's an area that, you know, we still need more help in or more support in. Mm -hmm. Gave us the flexibility and freedom to do that
2: and also figure out a way to keep it balanced, I guess. Yeah. For me, the,
1: you know, because we're in this partnership for the long term, it does have so much more of, like, a, a marriage feel that like Mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah i mean if you've got feelings let's talk about them because this is what we got
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: like no sense in Mm -hmm. hiding the hard conversations or like straying away from them because it's like it's you're not going to leave me it's impossible (laughs) (laughs) this building costs too much money for you to leave <laughs> like, and like all of these things, you know, it's, and that's just a funny way of getting into it. But like, for me, it represents a real heart that like, mm-hmm. you're, I'm with you and I believe in this thing. And I believe in it so much, like even if beyond had to file for bankruptcy, which is not the case at all, but <laughs> even if beyond had to do that, like we would find a way to do this work mm-hmm. because it feels like that's what it's at the core of us mm-hmm. is this type of work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so for me, it, it feels like we will make space for the feelings of overwhelm and enoughness mm-hmm. as it comes, because what we're doing has that at its core, like mm-hmm. that type of honor and respect and relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we want others to have that as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think, what motivates it at the same time. Um, I never feel like I get to do enough with this. And that's how that's one of the struggles that I have. I never feel like I'm able to actually put the work into beyond that I want
2: to. Um, well, that's just part of it for me. I mm-hmm. wish I could, mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen.
3: <laughs> I think it's been really interesting to feel how all of us have subjective areas of, you know, investment and, Um, desire, and we kind of bring those to each other, not as a, a demand, but really as a point of, you know, let's talk about what this would mean for all of us. I mean, I'm just thinking about like the decision that both you and I made to start a PhD in the middle of all of this and how, at least on my end of things, it very much felt like a group decision you know that yes i have this desire but there was a lot of conversation around what would it mean for the company for for me as an individual to take this time to do it um and consistently you know regardless of if it's a family thing or an educational thing or a vacation thing or whatever the the desire amongst all of us is that we would enjoy our lives that mm-hmm. <laughs> we would you know, feel that sense of support and spaciousness. So it always feels like if we have to tell each other, no, it's not because we don't want that for each other. And there's always this creativity and how can we say yes to each other as much, as much as possible while keeping everything running. And so far, at least up to this point, I don't feel like we've had to tell each other no very often. In yeah. fact, we work so hard to say yes yeah. and are willing to flex and flow with each other, you know, like you're off for two weeks for school. That's okay. You're off, off for two. Weeks. I'm about to be gone to Alaska. You know, like there, there's so much willingness to ebb and flow with each other to make sure that we all have that flexibility and spaciousness, but without the the trust and the commitment that makes, you know, our work together feel like family and marriage, I don't know that we can do that. Yeah. I think it would feel very much like a fill out this form requesting your dates off kind of deal. Um, but that's never been never how I do that again. No,
2: no,
0: <laughs> never again. <laughs> no,
3: like, I think it's whatever, like, we don't track days off, but neither do we track how many hours we work or when we work because and we, we trust each pay other. The exact same yeah, day. no, we, we just, we trust each other to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think the evidence is there that because our commitment to each other and to the work is so strong and consistent amongst the four of us that we don't
1: not a doubt in my mind.
3: Yeah.
0: No, that we don't worry about alone. that. Just hearing you say it out loud, like that's kind of crazy. Talk yeah. about doing business objectively. Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Like there is no objective measurement of productivity in any of us. It's so subjective. that says like, what do you, yeah desire and need right now and how is it working for the company and we'll talk about our feelings when they come up when something's not working Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. that's kind of wild it is wild i didn't think about it in that way i know it felt wild when we were originally saying it but
3: well even like it, it just feels so profound to me that i would still rather um that over a more objective experience that would probably result in me having a lot more money You know, for instance, like the subject of conversation of, you guys, I'm getting divorced and suddenly my financial situation looks very different in a very scary way. Like that was handled entirely relationally. And even though, you know, I couldn't have everything that it felt like I needed, there was still that sensation of, we all know that we wish that I could. And so while I have to hold that, that reality and that tension of, it feels a bit tight, for a while, I wasn't alone in that. And I also didn't feel invalidated in that need. Um, And so, yeah, like if I was to pick one experience over the other, it just feels like a no brainer Mm -hmm. to me because there's always gonna be those points of tension and to do that in a more objective environment feels soul killing to me, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Impossible. Impossible.
1: (laughs) Mapping my experience
4: of that, I have this, Like very, this point where I decided I was leaving my job as a principal and, you know, joining beyond and then beyond beyond really ramped up more than I thought it was going to. Um, But, and the reasons that I, that I, at least the story that I told myself as to why I was stepping away from being a principal um, held a lot of things about family, about home, about what I wanted to do personally. And. Um, in the growth of beyond, I noticed a number of those things, like being okay with consenting to set them aside. Mm. And then I also would still be in the place of like, I don't feel like I can work enough. I don't feel like um, I'm perfect enough. I don't feel like I can do enough and still like tying my worth and value up in what I'm able to accomplish, not in who I am and what the strengths that I bring and just the human that I am. Mm-hmm. Um and there've just been so many disconfirming experiences from the three of you of that for me, and just coming with saying, I made this mistake, or I have this fear about this, or, um, and this might happen, or I don't know, I'm not sure what this means. I don't know. You know, like all of these moments of me just being able to show up with like, I just I don't have, I don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should have the answer, but I don't, um, creates this space where I really believe that my value here is, is about me, not about what I accomplish.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: And, even when I make uh, like mutual expectations to the group or to me or whatever, there's still room for the human experience in even the most honest of a commitment. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: And when I show up with my human experience in that I'm accepted as a human. Yeah. Even when the outcome is not what we desired.
2: Mm-hmm. Or not
4: what we expected or agreed to or whatever, like this binary idea of like check you got it or no you didn't is like out the window. it doesn't even exist in the space before of us. Mm-hmm. And the freedom that exists there. I just keep want to come, I just keep wanting to come back. Mm-hmm. I just keep coming back to the table because it just feels so real and so true and just so honoring
2: to my human experience. Mm-hmm. In that sense we are very lucky mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in many senses we are very lucky yes <laughs> mm-hmm. well thank you all when's the next one
1: for this time don't Yikes. worry about it <laughs> I'm
0: in. we'll, that see, how it, we'll see how we'll see how it's received <laughs> i, <agree>. I <laughs> wish our executive meeting had been recorded earlier this is good
1: yeah, I think it is very valuable, even just for us to be talking this way more. We do talk this way a lot, mm-hmm. but with the intention of that this is what makes everything that we do possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way we relate to each other organically has this flavor, but when we can look at it through the lens of its its power to continue to subjectify each of us mm-hmm. and the work that we're doing, you know, that's really I think a value mm-hmm. for beyond. Mm-hmm. So thank you all, uh, on zoom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we hope that this, you know, I'm planning to post this on the podcast as well. So, uh, for those listening in, um, that you will take action. They'll mm-hmm. join us in this mission, whether that through just posting one podcast mm-hmm. to a platform that you enjoy or getting on the beyond healing community or sharing the beyond healing community with somebody or yeah. donating financially, uh, any way. There's so many ways at this point to get involved and Mm -hmm. um, come join us.
0: We hope that you have enjoyed this podcast episode and that it will help you help your clients in the process of EMDR therapy. If you are curious to learn more about something that you've heard today, check out our website at www.beyondhealingcenter.com and go to the trainings tab for more information on our upcoming EMDR and case conceptualization trainings. You can also contact us by emailing trainings at beyondhealingcenter.com. If you want to stay connected, please subscribe to this podcast for more episodes, leave us a review, and follow us on social media by searching Notice That Podcast.
1: This podcast is a project of Beyond Healing Media, a media creation group committed to creativity, community, and embracing the beauty of being human. If you like this podcast, you might also like the other podcasts of Beyond Healing Media. Beyond Trauma is an educational podcast on the journey of trauma therapy and what it means to be humans who have been hurt, but are learning to recover and grow, living the life we all want of safety and connection.
4: The Burnout Educator is an interview-style podcast that invites stories from people across the spectrum of the educational system and seeks to see the human inside the role they play. It is our desire that you see parts of your story and those around you in the stories you hear.
3: The Evidence-Based Therapist is an educational podcast where we read so you don't have to. On this podcast, we discuss seminal, recent, and relevant research on psychotherapeutics and the embodied relational sciences. How do we know what is evidence-based
2: and how do we use it in our practice? You'll find out on the EBT Podcast.